0: Proverbs 14 and verse 34 says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs 29 and verse 2 says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Anybody been hearing anybody groaning lately? (laughs) Romans 8. And verse 18, actually, is where I'll start there. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption the redemption of our bodies. We are living on a planet that is groaning all of creation is waiting for you and I, the church, to take our place and do what it is we're supposed to be doing. So Proverbs 11 and verse 11 says this. By the blessing of the righteous, or it may say the upright, depending on which translation you use. By the blessing of the righteous... The city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So we have two contradictions going on at the same time. We have the blessings of the righteous, but we also are contending with the mouth of the wicked. The body of Christ is in a contentious place in this earth right now. That When I say body of Christ, I mean the church. And there is a high, heavy-handed contention going on against the gospel, against the church. And we need to know that that exists. But by the blessing of the righteous, the city is exalted or it's built up, if you will. Romans 13 and 11 says, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now the word salvation means our deliverance, our fulfillment, our blessing, our safety. Everything that Jesus worked for and did gives us salvation. Salvation is a broad word. Covers every area of our existence to the good. Okay, so it's our freedom, it's our deliverance, it's our peace, it's our strength, our salvation, is our healing. <coughs> you, you name it, and salvation covers it. So it's everything that Jesus promised he would do, everything that he said he would give us, everything that is ours and pertains to us. In Ephesians 5, I'm getting all of these scriptures, and I'll talk to you a little more. In verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now I want you to gain something from that. You you once were darkness. In essence, he's saying we were without understanding. The word darkness doesn't mean the absence of light like the lights in the building. It means the absence of understanding. We once were absent of understanding. We didn't understand what was going on. When we were children, we sure didn't. And our correction from our parents as a kid, well mine was, I don't know how yours was, but I mean, I I started out sleeping under a pew and then on on the pew and around the pew and anywhere near the pew. And the, the pew was the bed for many, many nights through our childhood. And my parents weren't ministers. We just went. I mean, if they were having revival, we were at revival. If they were having special, we were at special. If they were having singing, we were at singing. And it didn't matter if it was an all-night singing, we were at singing. We were there. But we were allowed to sleep. Thank God. But anyway, (laughs) that's how we grew up. But yet, even though we were in the midst of that, we had no one, not really had understanding of what was going on. But he says, but now you're light. In essence, now we have understanding in the Lord, so we're to walk like people who understand what's going on. What I just read you about redeeming the time, we're going to redeem the time. We have to come to an understanding of redeeming the time because we're in a... We are not in a desperate situation as the church, but this world is. And we've got to know the difference. This world is in a very desperate situation, waiting, groaning. Some are even praying who don't believe in prayer right now that something will happen to turn this mess around. So he said, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth finding out what is acceptable in the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, people right now are afraid to expose the works of darkness. I've been invited to come to Jackson, Tennessee, next month toward the end of the month, 23rd and 24th, and we're going to hold a revival at an amphitheater because I've been told by many in that area Everybody seems to be afraid to talk about the truth. They're, they're afraid to minister on and talk about and expose the works of darkness that are going on in every area of their society. And that We were there for 20-some 20 year, 20 years, and believe me, it was different. But anyway, he says, Have no fellowship with these unfruitful works of darkness. Expose them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done by them, in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, by understanding. For whatever makes manifest is light, is understanding. So the the schemes and the sins of the devil are made light. They're made understood by you and I in how we live and how we conduct ourselves and how we give direction to the way this world does. Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light, give you understanding. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The church has to wake up, stand up, and begin to operate in a new attitude in a new manner, and in a new way. I found a very interesting thing. And I knew it, and I've read it over the course of my life many times because it's actually in the Declaration of Independence. But I want you to hear what this says. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of God entitle them. They declared in our founding documents that the time comes when a people must take a stand and begin to operate properly because we have a separate but equal station in the authority of God. Now that unnerves some people, but it's, it's, we got to get past that. I, I want you to get past that mindset that uh, you're calling us equal with God. In the release of authority that Jesus gave us, yes. Now, are we a creative? No. We can't create out of nothing something. All right? So understand what I'm saying. In the authority, in the revelatory power and authority that Jesus gave to us while he was on earth, we walk in that position. And that's what they were, our founders were saying, having that station, which the laws of God have entitled us to operate in. Are you ready to operate in the laws that God has given us and entitled us? I want to read you something else. This, this man by the name of Jedediah Morris, again, one of the men through the founding of our country. He wasn't at uh, Washington's inauguration because he was being installed as a pastor of a church. At the time, same day. So in his sermon, marking George Washington's inauguration as president, Jedediah Morris said, In proportion as the genuine effects of Christianity are diminished in any nation, in the same proportion will the people of that nation recede from the blessings of genuine freedom. I hold this to be a truth confirmed by experience. If so, it follows. All efforts made to destroy the foundation of our holy religion ultimately tend to the subversion also of our political freedom, happiness, and happiness. Whenever the pillars of Christianity shall be overthrown, our present republican forms of government and all the blessings which flow from them must fall with them. Now, I just got through telling you, you are a people of understanding because God has made us aware of what we're looking at. He is making us ever more aware and on a daily basis revealing more and more and more of the darkness that is permeating this world. I don't know how many of you watch or listen to Dutch Sheets giving 15, but the last two days have been, they've been actually hard to listen to because Dutch has been made aware of some things and he's making us aware of them and it, it, it is heartbreaking to know the depths of evil that are permeating right now through our systems of government. And his today and yesterday have to do with protecting our children. Yale University Medical School working in conjunction with the Boston Hospital made a video, and in that video declared that babies are born and they give signs that they are transgender at birth. And the doctors are able to tell by certain things that the baby does. Therefore, they are recommending that they can immediately start transgender medical procedures supposedly to help the child. Babies. He created us, male and female. Everything I'm hearing right now from our present administration, and folks, this is not about Republican and Democrat anymore. Not at all. They have just enough votes on the Republican side to pass this ilk and get it through. And it's going on on a daily basis. The, what is the federal agency, the Board of Education? They just changed the Title IX, I think it is. Yeah, Title IX law. They did, not Congress. They did. They amended the law to make transgender, gender, uh, whatever they call it. They have made it the law. Any school failing to recognize and use proper pronouns that the child wants to be called to operate in any, I'm sorry, I forgot David. I forgot you guys, but it'll be all right. Um, I'm sorry, kids. I just now saw these little girls. Like, oh, no. But anyway, so they've do, they're doing these things, and they're creating a great struggle in our public education and our teachers. Fortunately, right now, we have areas in our area that are still okay, but you can't imagine the amount of pressure that can come to bear on our teachers in our schools, in our region that we're responsible for. So when I read you these things and I tell you these things and I look at this where God says, now you are children of understanding and now we are to walk in that level of understanding that we have and to do less than that would be terribly wrong for us as the people of God. Sunday, when I was ministering there in Dexter, the Lord began to speak to me in this way. Our Constitution says, we the people. And we're using that. And I've got a group in uh, Tennessee that is going to help us with these meetings that we're going to have. And they are, we the people of West Tennessee stand. What's the group called here? We the people here. And see, these are not. This is not an organization that's nationwide. These are all separate entities that have joined together and have the same mind and the same heart and the same attitude. And it's we the people. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and it's time for us to say, "We the Kingdom." We the Kingdom are going to start making declarations. We are the people of God. We are called by the name Jesus. We have one God who is our Father. We have one Lord who is our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are filled with one Spirit who leads and guides us and is speaking actually to us around the world the same words, telling us the same messages, moving on us to do the same things. This is not a national movement. This is a world movement of the Holy Spirit. It has to happen here, though. We can't just look at what might be happening in another country. We have to be eyes wide open, hearts clear, ears open to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church Knowing that we are at a time when, like Esther, if we don't stand up, there won't be a chance to stand up. If we don't speak up, there won't be a chance to say anything. If we don't act up, you'll be locked up. Now, some of us will be locked up because we act up. But if we act up, it will be in the cause of Christ. And it will be in a righteous attitude. And in a righteous manner. But we declare we are a holy nation. With God-given authority over all the devil's actions and schemes. We are one blood. Of one race with one father. Racism is going to fall in the kingdom we the people do not cannot will not tolerate racism in any level at any time and there's never a reason most of you are agreeing some of you i'm not too sure but it's true anyway. We declare that truth will prevail in the midst of darkness. We will stand firmly and honorably and declare truth at all cost. I declare that. And you need to know when you say amen what you're really saying in this hour that we live. But we declare this with all our hearts. We will begin to make some decrees. God began to speak to me last night even about some decrees we'll make. A decree will set a precedent of law. Remember what I read to you. We have been given by God the laws of God that rule this earth. And we are to operate in the rules of God, the laws of God, as it pertains to how we operate in this life now. How we speak, how we do everything, how we act, Wherever we go, when we go, we are to operate under the rule and authority and laws of God and to speak those truths, to speak those truths, not to argue with nonsense, but to declare the truth. See, if we get caught up in debates over these things, And and I mentioned transgender because it's right now at the height of the thing because to counter that in the public arena, I shared a Facebook post today and some others did too that has a contact on how to, and and, um, Dutch shared it in his program today, Give Him 15, how to contact our congressman about this issue of the Title IX and to voice opposition. We don't want our our daughters to be subjected to what this thing will subject them to, nor do we want our sons to be subjected to what this will subject them to in our public arena. And just because it's in the public arena doesn't mean we don't have authority over it. Now, I don't know if you know it or not. Most people in this room know it already but there is no separation of church and state in the Constitution. It does not say that, and if anything, it says that the government shall not infringe on the church's right to carry out and do what we're to do. But God has called us to be more than we have been, and we have relinquished authority over and over and over to the government our local governments, our state governments, and our federal governments. And the church has been silent for too many years. Now, most of the church, not all. Some of us started building refuge centers a long time ago, and God's working in them still now, but we're going to have to have more. I got a contact just Sunday of a man in Blytheville, Arkansas, that's going to help us work on building a coalition of lawyers that will begin to build and, and start nationwide changing adoption laws and work in a major way to stop the money laundering of money put into so-called adoption by selling babies and calling it adoption. I talked with a lady in Tennessee just two days ago, no, well, couple days ago anyway and she's doing the same thing and she is an adoptive mother she's adopted two or three kids I don't remember how many and she was saying the same thing she started adopting kids in the 70s when it wasn't but a couple thousand dollars and it wasn't a big deal but they've changed the laws so much and they've done this in order to subvert the ability of good people to adopt children and give them good homes You can be a totally off-the-wall nutcase and adopt easier than a heterosexual married couple in this life we live right now. But the church is standing up. We are starting to build coalitions of attorneys. We're going to build coalitions of churches around the nation. Dutch and some of them are building already, and they give him 15 and these other. They have prayer uh, groups, and we need to be a part of that. But what do we do locally? I said, the, by the blessing of the righteous, the city is exalted. Not by us cursing everything, but by us blessing what needs to be blessed. So I'm going to ask you tonight to start considering what this means and how we can begin to operate in a way that will start lifting Cape Girardeau, Jackson, Marble Hill, all of the surrounding areas, every town that we have people are a part of, all the way down down into uh, uh, Kennett and those areas all across this state. But it's particularly for us in the Boot Hill and in the southeast Missouri area. And over into Illinois. We're going to start. One of the things we must do now. Because school has started. We need men and women. Who will go regularly. Either walk the sidewalks around the school and pray. Or drive around the schools and pray. And when you pray you bless. You bless the teachers that are teaching truth. You bless the administration that is seeking to lead by godly principle and in truth. We speak blessing that the Holy Spirit will begin to fill the schools as the prophets have said he will. We speak blessing over our children as they go in and out of school. One lady came up with the idea that she's a a mom, so she is in the lineup when they bring in the kids and picking the kids up. So when she starts into the lineup, she starts praying, and she's praying for the school all the way around till they drop the kids off, and then all the way around till she's out of sight. Well, recently, the Holy Spirit moved on her. Now she pulls in and parks And she's gone over and she's asked the lady that's checking the kids, you know, watching for them as they come in. And she's letting her stand there and pray over the kids, all the kids as they're coming in the building. And different people around the country are doing these things. I know a lady in Tennessee who moved into one of the toughest projects in the city of Nashville. And she and her two sons, single mom, she had to flee an abusive situation. Her husband had beat her near to death. She got well enough, just well enough to drive and got her boys in a car and headed out of Texas and went to Nashville. Lived in a car for months. Finally got into this project. And she began to minister to the people in that project. Then she started ministering. She asked him about the kids going to school. And they... they Joined in with a church there. And the church let them use it. And so they were talking to the kids. This school was the in the bottom three schools in Nashville. And from her bringing the gospel, shining the light, the coach began to ask her to come and speak to the kids in their sessions, in their practice sessions. Boys began to pull their pants up, clean their talk up, clean their appearance up, and change the whole atmosphere. The athletes became the mentors and leaders of righteousness in the school system. And God began to promote and do wonderful things. That school ended up in the top ten schools in the city of Nashville. Nashville. It took a period of years to get them there, but they worked at it, and they operated in it. What am I saying? We took authority. She did. She took authority. When I met her and her staff, tremendous. We had a great visit with them. Michael W. Smith pulled together a concert to raise money for the ministry, for that ministry, and and they flourished in it when you set your heart to take a stand it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter what's out there we started in a neighborhood in tennessee that st louis sent gang members down to jackson to buy houses so they could recruit 8-year-olds into their gangs in tennessee and they just they sent them to jackson memphis over to Nashville that they, they covered many areas but when we took a stand in what god wanted to do righteousness will always prevail and it took that that area of the city which would have 8 to 10 felony juvenile felonies each week To where they had one in a month. When you stand for righteousness and you speak the truth, God will prevail. And if you don't think in our small towns around us, there's a problem. You've got your eyes shut. We've got to open our eyes. We've got to be mindful, and we've got to take a stand. And what we will begin to decree will change the atmosphere in where we are and what we're doing. Christchurch is one of the churches in this region that is going to stand and declare at all times the truth. We will be a stalwart, a light in the midst of the darkness. We are rising up in ways that some of us never thought possible. Some of you never thought possible. I always think positively about those things. So we go to the schools and we pray. We need people who can drive by the federal court on a regular basis and bless the judgments to be righteous. Bless the judgments to be righteous. Drive by a city court. Do the same thing. Drive by any time. If you see a lawyer's sign, go by there and bless the attorneys in that office to begin to operate in righteous principles. Whether they like it or not, you'll see it turn, and you'll see things turn. After you get enough time in this, you might even begin to go to court And just sit in the court and listen and pray under your breath while you're there. God will turn cases around that never would have been turned around otherwise. We've got to do that. We've got to go by and drive by our financial facilities and begin to bless them to function properly and operate properly and not bow to the dictates that are going to come out, the mandates that are going to come out of the federal government that are going to try to require them to do things that are not lawful against your ability to have free enterprise. And so we'll go by and we'll bless those institutions. We'll bless the people who are over them. And we'll bless, not curse, bless. Because it's the blessings of the upright that cause a city to be established, to be built up. And to prosper. We go by our sportsplex places. Our our ball fields, our parks. And bless them. Bless our sportsplex so that they will have freedom and boldness to set the standard that will be a right standard so our girls will not have to be infringed upon by males who who dominate the sport. Because they're calling themselves girls. So bless the sportsplex people to take the stand. Bless the coaches to take the stand. Bless them. Don't curse them. Bless them. They are under the gun and they need you and I to pray for them that they can stand strong in the midst of what's going on right now. Because it's going to take all of us to make this stand. And to make it count. And anything else you can think of. Anywhere else you can think of. We need to go and we need to bless. The medical. The hospitals. Oh my goodness. Just came to me. I hadn't thought about it until just now. We need to drive around their parking lots and bless them. Bless the medical professions in this city. And bless them that they'll function according to proper Dictates of medicine and not political correctness. That they will have the strength to stand and do what is correct and not bow to the nonsense and the dictates that are going on right now in the political correct atmosphere. we got to pray for them. we got to bless them. I'd, I'd like to bless the hospitals to be empty. Everybody healed. They come in. They collect their insurance for, the, for whatever they do to get them in and put them in. And the next day they're able to walk out because God healed them. So they keep the doors open, but they got, a, they got a revolving door now instead of getting people in there to stay. Because they're being healed. But it's the whole earth groaning waiting for you and I to stand up and say, It's time. It's time we're going to bless. We're not going to curse. We're going to bless. I'm not going to speak curses on people. I'm going to bless people. I even, there's this book that I read out of to you. A fellow by the name of Tennant, one of the founding fathers, Boston had been overrun by the British and they had turned their churches into stables and and houses of merchandise, anything they could do to desecrate the churches. And Tennant stood up, and he he made a prayer. and a strong prayer. <laughs> and he asked God to turn them on their heels and make them run, and make them run so fast that they were like a wheel going downhill they ran so fast. And to send them back to Britain where they came where they could find salvation in Jesus Christ and be restored where they needed to be and stop their pillaging. This is not a quote by any sense. And stop the pillaging of our new nation. So he didn't curse them, but he did say, God, if it be your will. And it was because it wasn't shortly after that things began to turn. Wasn't just his prayer, but there were hundreds of prayers. But that's the way they prayed. So how would we pray? Father, stop this. Evil that has taken root in our government systems. In the book of Job, God said to Job, He said, I saw evil taking root and I cursed its habitation. One of my elders one time said that he was praying, and God said, Have you done that yet? He said, what do you mean done that yet? Have you cursed the habitation of evil that has been challenging everything that's going on around you? Well, I didn't know it could. it said said it's right there. Didn't you just read it? We're not cursing the people. We're cursing the habitation of evil. It would go right along with Jesus saying to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't condemning Peter, but he was the devil that was influencing him. We're going to start doing that as well. And we're going to see God turn this thing around. How many are you with me? Are we really going to be that way? Because you have to determine right now you'll not allow racism to rear its head. Because if we have to speak out against evil and it happens to be seen in a particular person, it's evil we're talking about, not the person. And we've got to be willing to look at it and not get offended because of that in any sense. Our precious folks here um, of Mexican descent, they can't be offended when we confront the evil that's going on in trafficking of their families. Because that's what's happening on our border. By the thousands, they're trafficking kids. They're calling up cities and saying, can you get us foster people? Because we've got a lot of kids we need to find foster homes for. Well, i am just tell you, somebody's going to have to We're going to have to stand up and help because we're talking about kids. But it's another thing. But you can't get offended when we have to tell the truth about what's going on. Because darkness is permeating these things. And the devil will use them to make you offended if you will be offended. So you will have opportunity over the weeks and months ahead to get offended if you're easily offended. Please don't be please don't be I, I i mean i i had i had a woman in tennessee tell me well don't contact my pastor because he can't stand charismatics and this is an assembly of god church well one i'm not a charismatic <laughs> but <laughs> nor am i against the charismatic churches that have been so vital To the cause of Christ. Now I could have been offended. But I wasn't. Because I plan on going by and seeing him Friday. (laughs) Just pray for me. See how that goes. Because I'm believing God. Will you believe God with me?